You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Domain Masters, the longest-running podcast where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain. We discuss domains from many different perspectives, including the legal rights of owners and trademark holders, domain values, and monetization strategies. We show you how to utilize domains to drive traffic to your business so you can gain favorable search engine rankings. We discuss power tools of the trade with the power players of the industry every week right here on Domain Masters. Please welcome your host, Victor Pitts. Welcome, this is Victor Pitts. You're listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. It's our privilege to be joined uh, tonight uh, by uh, Philip uh, Corwin, who is, uh, is amongst other things, he is the uh, founder of uh, Virtual Law, LLC, and he is also the, uh, the counsel to the Internet Commerce Association and has been since uh, 2006 and, and currently is today. So, Philip, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Victor. Uh, it's a very nice day here in Washington. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I'm indoors working, but uh, it's a look <laughs> at the window. Well, spring is the air, in the air. I lived in Washington, D.C. during the uh, change from you know when winter finally gave up and some nice weather came in. And it's, uh, it's fun watching the attitude change on people after being locked up all winter. So I'm sure yeah. that you'll, you look forward to getting out there. Yeah, not, not that big a change this year because we had such a mild winter. But... Uh, uh, it's it's a good place to live. Uh, well, let, let me ask you some questions. Uh, you know, I've, I've had you on the mind. I'm, I'm appreciate you being on the show um, because you know you you follow uh, perhaps closer than than anyone else that uh, any of us know the the policies of ICANN and look at them from from a standpoint of how they affect the the domainer community and the views of the domainer community and uh, you're well acquainted with with what's going on on both sides um, with this these new GTLDs if they ever finally do pass through the uh, application process and they release the names and we we start seeing how many of these businesses turn into uh, actual registries uh, policies are, are evolving um, can you talk a little bit about those those new policies uh, for the new GTLDs and and how they're going to be different than um, than policies uh, of the names that we're currently familiar with. 
Well, uh, yes, uh, the, the key policy differences, and it was a long process uh, of adopting these policies, and, and I have to add, they're still not, uh, uh, they can be revised at any time. This isn't something that's permanently uh, locked in, and I want to get back to that because uh, ICANN's board took a recent action, which is a little worrisome. But the key, uh, the key things for any... Uh, domainer to understand if they're looking at uh, possibly being a registrant in new TLDs when they uh, uh, become available is that in addition to the possibility uh, of losing your domain in a UDRP uh, arbitration action, there's a new uh, uh, remedy available to, to rights holders called Uniform Rapid Suspension, URS, and uh, this is supposed to be uh, a narrow supplement to the UDRP for slam dunk, know it when you see it, cases of infringement, which of course that's what UDRP was originally <laughs> supposed to be. Uh, but there's an awful lot of uh, questions uh, here. Uh, ICANN is really dragging their feet on implementing this. Uh, they've been uh, bugging ICANN staff since... Uh, last fall as to when we're going to see an implementation group for the URS and when they're going to put out an RFP, a request for proposals for uh, arbitration providers because uh, the two biggest UDRP providers, uh, that's uh, WIPO and Geneva and the National Arbitration Forum here in the U.S., have already said that they can't possibly provide the arbitration service because ICANN has promised trademark owners and they can do this for somewhere between three to five hundred dollars for one or more domain. Now you're going to get what you pay for there. You can imagine the quality of arbitration you're going to get. Uh, three hundred dollars uh, pays for maybe half an hour of an IP attorney's time who's acting as a uh, an expert and that doesn't even cover the uh, the uh, you know the in-house cost of the arbitration provider uh, mm -hmm. to uh, administer the process. So uh, we don't really know what URS is yet, and uh, the trademark uh, interests who originally proposed this uh, during that three-year process of developing these policies have been pushing consistently to change the URS to lower the burden of proof, that is, the, the level of evidence you have to provide uh, to win to the exact same standard as UDRP, and also, right now, if you win a URS, the domain would just be suspended until the end of its registration period. It would stop resolving, but, but <laughs> okay. it wouldn't be transferred. But they've been pushing for a transfer option. So there's a real danger here that we could uh, have a $300 alternative to the UDRP uh, run by the fly-by-night arbitration service of uh, who knows where. And uh, so uh, domain investors really have to... Uh, uh, keep an eye on this because uh, you don't want to develop a domain uh, if you can lose it very uh, easily. The other rights protection is the trademark clearinghouse, which is going to be a new global database for uh, trademark owners to register their marks. And uh, I've been on the implementation group uh, for that. It's not all worked out yet. They haven't uh, chosen the provider yet. But uh, that could be something that, that helps both sides. Uh, if a registrant gets a warning that a uh, domain they're looking at is already uh, uh, associated with a trademark, uh, 
they can decide not to uh, register it or they can make sure they develop it in a way that's non-infringing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's less worrisome than the URS. Wow, wow. Now this, this URS is something that will probably be a part of the new GTLDs. But how I understand also that they're trying to, are there some elements of it, or it is a component of uh, renewal agreements for for dot com and and the contract with Verisign. If I got that uh, correct, or well, uh, let me parse it a little. Uh, URS, it's not possibly. It definitely will be uh, associated with the new TLDs. It's required to be in place by the time the first new TLD is added to the route. And uh, as I noted before, uh, we thought the elements uh, of what it took to win a URS were locked down. But last month, ICANN created a new subgroup within its board of directors consisting of those uh, board members who don't have any conflict on new TLDs because quite a few are associated with companies involved with the program. And... uh, the first thing that subgroup did was ask ICANN staff to uh, issue a new report on defensive registrations at the second level. Well, that's just uh, bureaucratic shorthand for possibly reopening uh, the URS, which, as I said, the uh, trademark interests are pushing for. And, of course, we're pushing back. Uh, now, the other thing is that... Uh, uh, as your listeners may know, the dot-com contract is up for renewal under the uh, terms of the uh, current agreement, which were very controversial when it was adopted back in uh, 2006, and, and that contract uh, had a lot to do with ICA uh, getting started. Uh, it's basically, uh, unless Verisign totally screws up and is completely intransigent on uh fixing things, and, and uh, they haven't screwed up. They do a pretty good job of running .com. Uh, they can't lose that contract. They get it automatically renewed. Uh, it just kind of gets updated to reflect new policies. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same trademark interest who uh, got ICANN last year to uh, put off even beginning a discussion of UDRP reform, which is an area that ICA has uh, very much been in the... Uh, forefront of advocating a, a look at the UDRP uh, after 10 years of use and uh, and improving it for the benefit of everyone involved. They got that pushed off to 2014. Uh, the uh, it, So the resolution that did that said that one of the reasons was so that the new rights protections like URS could be looked at based on the experience and considered in that context, and now uh, both the uh, International Trademark Association and uh, ICANN's Intellectual Property Constituency uh, both filed comment letters uh, last week on the dot-com renewal saying that URS should be put into the dot-com contract now, even though we have no experience with it, don't know if it'll work, how it'll work, (laughs) who'll be administering it, so... uh, uh, Anyone who goes to uh, the ICANN uh, webpage uh, can see ICA's uh, letter where we push back very strongly and make very strong arguments why uh, these uh, trademark interests having deferred UDRP reform for a few years uh, should have to live with uh, what they got and uh, that it's absolutely uh, it's crazy to even think about imposing an untested uh, 
new uh, mechanism that might even uh, transfer domains on the biggest uh, top-level domain in the world that has uh, almost half of all registered domains, over a hundred million domains. It completely changes the equation for uh, all registrants, not just domainers. And uh, to do that without having any experience with URS uh, would really be really irresponsible. And I think it's really uh, wrong for those trademark interests having uh, pushed off UDRP reform with the argument that uh, one of the reasons is to consider URS are now... Uh, arguing out of the other side of their mouth. Phil, staying on the on the line of uh, trademarks, I'm, I'm wondering, um, will how di- will the new trademark laws or, or the, the dispute mechanisms in place pertain to the TLD aspect now that uh, companies are putting their brands on the right of the dot as opposed to just the left on the dot? How, how do the rules change um, or, or kind of clarify how the current rules might apply well, to right of the know, dot? Uh, s- some groups like the uh, Association of National Advertisers, uh, uh, which tried to block the new TLD program, I-, I think the concerns they've raised are greatly uh, overblown. I, I mean, Victor, uh, you've got you've to pay ICANN a $185,000 application fee just to apply for a new TLD, and then you've got uh, all kinds of associated costs with uh, a deposit for uh, continuing operations if you go bust mm-hmm. with consultants, accountants, lawyers. Uh, so we're talking several hundred thousand dollars. No one in their right mind, is, other than Microsoft, is going to apply for .Microsoft because mm-hmm. they're going to lose it. There's a process for trademark owners. Uh, to uh, issue objections on trademark grounds and uh, something clear-cut like that uh, is not going to fly. Then you get to more interesting questions like, let's say someone applies for .United. Well, we've got uh, United Airlines, United Van Lines, United Healthcare, United Way. United is used in all kinds of different trademarks. So then it gets to a question of... uh, what the applicant for .United says they're going to use it for, and if they're going to use it for, uh, you know, people united in prayer, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they stick to uh, their commitment not to uh, start, uh, you know, uh, accepting domains for air travel or moving or things like that, then they can navigate uh, through. Uh, and the other thing is on something like .United, if any one of those trademark owners uh, applies and the others don't, uh, they're going to get it, and then it's not going to be available to the others uh, in any future round. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Domain Masters on Webmaster Radio, and I'm Victor Pitts, your host. Be right back. Domain Masters will be back after this short break. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. 
Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. As you know, being an expert at f- <gasps> What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Blog, blog, blog. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're the talk of the town. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with more Domain Masters, where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain. Here's Victor Pitts. Welcome back to Domain Masters. You're listening to it on webmasterradio.fm. My name is Victor Pitts. I'm your host. You hear a lot these days about uh, the struggle between um, the law enforcement uh, agencies. I know they made a. They were uh, very visible at the last ICANN meeting, and I understand that uh, meetings that preceded that as well, in growing numbers. And there's, um, you know, there there is a, a struggle between privacy advocates and, and law enforcement regarding um, who is and access to information in order to find uh, people that are, um, you know, doing wrong things. So has the momentum, is where's the momentum at right now? Who is it swinging towards? How should domainers be looking at some of the um, uh, discussions regard, around the area of who is uh, and, and privacy uh, services? How is How are things shaping up in that area? Well, uh, let me start by noting that ICA has a code of conduct for its members. It's one of the uh, first things we did after we launched and one of the uh, planks of that code of conduct is that ICA members should provide accurate who is data and that if they uh, uh, use a uh, privacy service, which is perfectly legitimate for a lot of uh, reasons, that if there's a valid request, a court order or something to uh, uh, reveal the data, that it should be uh, revealed, uh, you know, if there's uh, a standard legal process. So uh, we don't uh, advocate anyone giving false information or or not providing it. Uh, I would say within ICANN, uh, the the law enforcement guys uh, are getting uh, their message is being heard because there is a lot of cybercrime. There are bad actors uh, 
using the internet. Uh, they're requesting a lot of things, particularly from registrars. Uh, they're not going to get all of them because some of them just can't be done or they're not uh, cost effective. But they're going to get a fair amount of what they asked for. I posted uh, uh, during the San Jose Costa Rica meeting at the ICA webpage, which is internetcommerce.org for uh, your listeners who want to see everything that ICA is involved with, that uh, there's going to be some additional cost to uh, registrars to comply with these new uh, uh, law enforcement requests, and uh, there, th that's going to get passed along uh, to registrants, uh, of course. Yeah, so sure. uh, within ICANN, they're going to get not all, but some of what they're requesting uh, where it's reasonable and practical. Uh, but this is part of a much bigger uh, debate that's going on. It's not just law enforcement. It's, it's freedom of expression. Right. It's... Uh, uh, intellectual property in a digital world. We saw uh, in Washington in January that a bill which in the past, uh, you know, the PIPA-SOPA debate, bills which had a lot of bipartisan support, uh, which in the uh, past just would have uh, gone through Congress, that when there was an Internet blackout, when uh, uh, over a million Internet users contacted Congress and said, we care about this, and these bills are not fair, uh, the bills collapsed. And in fact, uh, we see on the new cybersecurity bill, which uh, just passed the House, uh, still going to uh, be debated in the Senate in the next few weeks, uh, and that's a different issue about uh, preventing uh, Iran or China or, or other foreign actors from uh, taking down U.S. Internet infrastructure. Uh, one of the things that happened, even though they, they passed the bill in the House, which is a different issue, they took out any reference to intellectual property because uh, the, they, the, the uh, sponsors of the bill said, we don't want this bill to get soaped. Uh, it'll kill the bill if we try to do anything about intellectual property uh, in conjunction with cybersecurity. So uh, there's a debate within ICANN on who is, but it's part of a much larger debate which involves cybersecurity, uh, intellectual property, and uh, access to information in the digital world, and uh, th that's a debate uh, we're going to be having for quite a few more years, I think. So tell us, um, what should domainers, um, domain investors, what should they do to protect their business interests online, considering all these changes that's going on in, in the in the industry and the regulatory side, everything that's going on around them, what should they do to protect their interests online? Well, uh, you know, I know that most domainers uh, are more interested in the, the business aspect uh, of what they're doing than the policy aspect, but uh, I think all your listeners need to understand uh, that the policy aspect affects their business. It affects their ability to uh, keep their domains and to monetize their domains. And uh, ignorance is not bliss. Uh, as the saying goes, a lot more money has been stolen uh, with fountain pens than with guns. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I would say just pay attention uh, uh, when, uh, you know, uh, monitor the online blogs that deal with these issues, whether it's Domain Insight or Domain Name Wire or Domain Name Journal or... Uh, Mike Birkins, who's one of our longtime members at The Domains, they cover these issues, and when you see something that concerns you, uh, 
contact ICANN, contact your congressman. They, you know, especially these days in internet issues, Congress is a lot more sensitive. Uh, and uh, uh, of course, uh, we would hope that uh, they would uh, uh, also go to the ICA webpage. We have an RSS feed. Uh, uh, Domaining.com carries our uh, uh, posts when they come out, and uh, we're watching out, but uh, uh, if they could uh, uh, pay some attention and hopefully give some support to uh, ICA, that would be uh, good, too. We are the only voice for the uh, Internet investment, uh, domain investment industry, both working within ICANN and within Washington, uh, DC, and while I think uh, we do a pretty good job with limited resources, uh, if we had more resources, there's a lot more we could do. I know I've seen our draft annual report, which uh, talks about everything we did last year, and uh, if we could get uh, more financial support than we're getting now, uh, it wouldn't go into my pocket. Uh, I have the same contract no matter what comes in. It would go to new initiatives. We'd like to uh, put together a paper on uh, UDRP reform in advance of that ICANN debate uh, that, that lays out our case for what needs to be done. Things like uh, not having expert panelists who also work uh, uh, as counsel for either registrants or complainants in other cases because we think that raises questions about objectivity. Uh, we've talked about... Uh, establishing a domain defense fund. Uh, now, don't get me wrong, we can't afford to uh, pay the legal costs for every domainer who gets in a UDRP or gets sued. Uh, but every once in a while, there's a key case that comes along, uh, which has enormous presidential value. And those are the kind of cases where we'd like to be able to uh, provide support, whether it's direct financial support or whether it's an amicus brief in a court case, uh, that's the kind of thing we could do for the industry with a little more resources. Outstanding. And, and so, Philip, the uh, website for the ICA is internetcommerce.org. That's internetcommerce.org. That is and correct. And uh, uh, I'd hope your readers would go and uh, uh, check out what's going on. Uh, we posted a comment letter on the .com uh, contract. Uh, a couple of months ago, we asked ICANN to investigate uh, NAF. We thought they put out some really bad UDRP decisions that weren't defensible. Uh, and uh, we're out there speaking and uh, raising questions on behalf of the industry all the time. And there is a, a function on the uh, website where you can either uh, join up as a member or if you don't uh, uh, can't afford the full membership fee or uh, uh, for some reason, you don't want to be a full member. We uh, accept donations as well. Uh, any support we can get is always welcome. Uh, and, and Philip, I, besides uh, the ICA, which I know takes up a, a great deal of your time, uh, you also have a, a practice uh, that you maintain as well. Um, what is the, uh, the? Can you tell us just a little bit about virtual law and, and the types of cases that you um, that you accept? Well. Uh, uh, virtual Law is a, uh, a policy consulting shop. Uh, we uh, do legislative and regulatory work. Uh, the primary areas I work in are uh, with cutting-edge uh, Internet issues, and uh, also I have some clients in the uh, financial services area. I'm also of counsel to a Washington, D.C.-based 
uh, intellectual property law firm, uh, Greenberg and Lieberman, and uh, through that firm uh, help clients uh, who have uh, patent, trademark, and copyright issues as well as uh, contract work, general litigation, whatever they need in more uh, kind of hardcore legal practice. So, uh, you know, uh, basically lobbying uh, and policy development through uh, my own firm and uh, everything else uh, through the uh, law firm I'm associated with. And folks, you can uh, find uh, Virtual Law uh, by Googling Virtual Law LLC, or you can go to the website at vlaw, uh, hyphen, that's a dash, dc.com, vlaw, hyphen, dc.com. So, uh, Philip, I appreciate you being on this episode of Domain Masters and bringing everybody uh, up to date on those issues that um, the Internet Commerce Association is, is keenly watching. I appreciate all that you guys do and appreciate you uh, being on this episode of Domain Masters to share it with everyone. Well, thank you uh, very much, Victor, for the kind words of support, and thank you for asking me to be a guest today. I hope uh, you and your listeners find the discussion interesting and useful. I'm certain we will. Thank you again. Folks, we'll come to the close of another edition of Domain Masters, a show where you learn to be the master of your your domain. My name is Victor Pitts. You're listening to Domain Masters on webmasterradio.fm. Come back next week, or you can listen to archives of the show on iTunes, Google, Yahoo, and other podcasts, uh, business podcast locations. Take care. Talk to you next week. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.